Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. Happy New Year to everybody. It is Saturday, January 5th, 2019. I'm Sam Rosenberg. I'm here to talk some football with Shaka Shervington. The new year is upon us. We took a couple weeks off. We wanted to come back. The truth is, Shaka and I haven't even discussed what our New Year's and our Christmases have looked like and what we've been doing. This is our first time back on the phone together, but let's get really right to the guts of the situation. Shaka, how was Ezra's first Christmas and New Year's? Um, you know, it's great to have the heat not on you, but on the little one uh, this year. <laughs> and my brother and I both have uh, newborns, so I mean... We just were pretty much background decorations. We're like wallpaper in the house because of these kids. But um, Christmas was good, man. A lot of a lot of baby touring, taking the kids around, not just the family, mm-hmm. to friends, you know, for um gatherings and that kind of thing. So it was good to kind of get him his first introductions, also to other people who have kids. So he's kind of you know exposed to other newborns and youngins. So um, it was good. And then for New Year's, I just laid low, man. We were home by uh, I think. 10 o'clock and we were both in bed by all three of us were in bed excuse me by eleven thirty. so i didn't even stay up for the ball drop ah uh, that's a beautiful thing it's such a beautiful thing to fall asleep before the ball drops it's like ah uh, i just i just slipped right into 2019 without even thinking about it yeah i mean not even that it's meaningless but at the same time it's like you know what um baby's asleep i can slide into bed right now and get a, an extra hour of sleep i'm taking it i don't care yeah, man. Babies, they got their whole lives to worry about New Year's, but right now, I gotta go to bed. Hey, man. How about yourself? Oh, well, we, uh, Campbell and I, we drove to Florida to spend time with the family. Um, all, all of our family met up in Siesta Key, Florida. We had a great time, uh, you know, uh, rang in. We, we didn't really do much for Christmas. We stayed here in Austin. We saw some family, and then, uh, uh, Florida, you know, we, we went out, we did a thing for New Year's, we went to a big party, it was a big bash, it was a lot of fun, there was music and nice. food, um, and then also the, the Sunday before, my brother and I got a chance to watch the, the Eagles beat the Redskins on week 17, so that was oh, pretty yeah. exciting that as well. Was that was a beatdown. Oh yeah, and then we also had, you know, we were at a bar, so we had the Bears-Vikings game, so we were able to see the Bears beat the Vikings, so there was a lot of excitement going on in that bar. Nice. Nice. Let's segue this right into wildcard weekend. This is for everyone out there. Shock and I clearly have been caught up in, in the holidays. I think, dude, I'm sure we could have probably found time to record, but we were too busy with family. And now we're back. Wildcard weekend starts right now. Today we've got the Texans and the Colts at uh, for playing for the third time this season at 3.30 this afternoon. we got the Cowboys and the Seahawks tonight. And then tomorrow we got the Chargers and the Ravens. And then we've got my Eagles and the Bears. I'm pretty excited. This is probably one of the more exciting wildcard weekends I've seen in the last couple of years. All four of the matchups are pretty interesting, pretty close. But, Shaka, if it's appropriate, I'd like to start out with our Eagles, or at least my Eagles. Um, Talking about this Eagles-Bears game, they're going to Chicago. It'll be the last game on the slate for this weekend. There's clearly a lot of excitement going on around Nick Foles, St. Nick, Big Dick Nick, all these different euphemisms (laughs) you can find for Nick Foles. Trust me. I'm talking with the Philly fans. I hear all of it. I, I was trying to decipher between my brother and his wife if he actually has a big dick or if that's just a reference to his ability to be clutch in the playoffs. I'm not sure at this point. It's just Philly. It's just Philly. It's just Philly. Exactly. But everyone knows the magic that Nick Foles sort of uh, conjured last year with the offense and the Super Bowl run. There's a feeling that that magic's coming back. It's only once Nick Foles stepped in uh, over the last three games that the Eagles ran the table and got into the playoffs 
but let's start talking about them as an actual matchup against this Bears team because, listen, I'm, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise. I'm picking the Eagles to win, but I genuinely think that they have a shot to do it, and I don't just think it's Nick Foles and the offense. I think it's the defensive line. This Bears team is going to be scary for the Eagles' offense. I think they're going to get after him. I, I don't think Khalil Mack is going to just go down you know, quietly here. I think they're going to cause trouble for the Eagles' offense, but I have a lot of faith in the RPO and the play-action game that they've been running with Nick Foles. And as you always say, Shaka, what do you always say about Nick Foles? Let the man throw. Exactly. So I feel like they're going to be able to get enough offense going that this is going to be a close game. I, I think it'll be like a 24-21 game. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, I don't have as much faith in Trubisky and this offensive line for the Bears to really be able to get to get enough offense going. I know they have Matt Nagy and this exciting play calling from Kansas City, but I, I just don't have the same faith in their offense like I do with the Eagles offense. Those are my first thoughts about this game. Tell me what you're thinking. Um, well, for starters, I think the score is going to be even lower than your prediction. I think this might be a game in the teens, just offensively. Like a 13-10 um, or a 17-14? Yeah, it's, it's looking like a struggle fest here. Huh? I, I, I mean, really, at the end of the day, it's really, really unpredictable just to kind of see how this Eagle offense moves with Nick Foles. I think then it's not necessarily Nick Foles' side. I think maybe on more on the offensive coordinator side, you just kind of get, you know, one game where they just look absolutely stellar and you get another one on some couple of drives and series where it just looks like doesn't have the same kind of smoothness, same kind of rhythm that Carson Wentz will have, even if, granted, the Eagles have looked pretty good with Nick Foles as a quarterback. There's still some sputtering I see every now and then that you hope is just kind of, you know, him getting in sync with the offense. That being said, I'm going to say right now the two big X factors for both teams. Nelson Aguilar for the Eagles. Mm. When this guy gets going, I mean, it, it really just opens up the offense for everyone else. Ashwan Jeffrey's going to get his um, his targets, especially with Nick Foles playing. He, he seems to kind of thrive when Foles is on the field. Mm-hmm. So I think Jeffrey's going to get his due. Zach Ertz is kind of Zach Ertz, I think he's going he's gonna to feast today. Yeah, but I think, I mean, for the Eagles offense to really run, to thrive, Ertz has to be involved. So he's definitely going to get his looks. But I think if Aguilar gets open on a couple deep balls, it can really bust the game up uh, for this offense. On the other side, I think you've already said it. Mitch Trubisky is going to be the X factor for the Chicago Bears offense because he's had some games where he's looked like the valid number one pick. And then we've had other games where you look at him and you're, I mean, just absolutely... What's the problem? Like, you've got all these offensive weapons around you. You've got Tariq Cohen. You've got Robinson. You've got all these pieces. And there's just nothing that Nagy can really do to get the offense rolling. It's really the defense that keeps them in it, gives them more opportunities, gets them in turnovers, um, and sometimes puts points on the board for them. So I, I think if the Eagles can limit their turnovers and keep Trubisky, you know, well, let's just see what Trubisky is able to do. Maybe I think Nagy might go a little more conservative to start the game mm-hmm. just to kind of put him into it, especially with that Eagles front, you know, rushing defense. Um, we're going to see just exactly, they're going to size each other up, I think, for the first quarter. And then we're going to see if they try to, to let the fireworks fly after that. Yeah, I, I, I'm really seeing that I have a, like, I think Trubisky is a pretty, I think he's a good quarterback and I do think that he can work well in the offensive schemes of Matt Nagy and what he's been doing. But what I fear is that 
he's a guy where if you get if you crush the pocket and you get him to actually start you know making second guess movements he's not able to go through his progressions i don't have the same faith in him and so the real weakness of the eagles defense is their secondary and i don't think that Trubisky is going to make them pay in the secondary like a guy like Drew Brees or or you know I mean Tom Brady those guys will make you pay they will literally you know draw the play out scramble to the left and then you know throw a pass I don't see Trubisky being able the thing I do see Trubisky being able to do is squeaking out of the pocket and then running for a first down that's something that the Eagles they have really struggled with that all season I think that's just the experience back there where you talk about a Drew Brees. I mean, the guy's seen the pocket break down a million times. He knows his reads. He knows, you know, the patterns of his wide receivers. He knows where to look for the open play opportunity. I think Trubisky just runs just because he has no – he doesn't have that that awareness, that presence of, you know, his receivers. Maybe there's just not that communication. And I think it's just experience. Yeah. Um, pocket breaks down. He's not going to be the one to, to beat you with his arm. It's going to beat you with the feet. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully – the Eagles, when they break, I mean, and the Eagles, the one thing you can say about the Eagles defense, you got Fletcher Cox up there. I mean, you got, you got these guys who really, Bennett, you got these guys who really make the pocket collapse and just cause havoc. And we can only hope that Trubisky's just fluttered enough or flustered enough that he's not looking, one, downfield for those reads, and two, there's no opportunity for him to run at all. And that's really going to change the game for the uh-huh. Eagles. I mean, I'm in total agreement with you because I feel like the game is going to be decided by that defensive line for the Eagles sacking Trubisky and or strip sacking him. Like, I can see a critical fumble, you know, turning the tide of the game. And it can just be that moment when they're, the, de- the defensive line is just able to get after him and get the ball. And, I mean, that's where I feel like this game is going. And, on, you know, for the Eagles, I mean, you, you were saying it, man. I think Foles is going to be able to find those windows. And we saw last week he's going to sit in the pocket and take that hit so he can so he can draw that play out longer and get that um, route to open up. I mean, I'm not saying that the Bears' secondary is bad, but there are going to be opportunities for Nick Foles. And I I mean, I think, you, dude, again, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a very tight game. And, I mean, I'm giving, I'm giving the favor to the Eagles. I know they're on the road, but also the experience, you know, the pieces that they have around Nick Foles, there's something to be said for championship swagger. And the Bears, I mean – I just don't know. Listen, I think they're ready for prime time, but I just don't know it. And I mean, I love my Eagles, but I'm also genuinely throwing throwing my favor to the Eagles. I think they're going to take this one. I actually, honest to God, I like the Eagles in this game. I, granted, the only word of caution I have is Chicago is seven and one at Soldier Field. I know it's it's the only intimidating number I looked at, and it's just trying to figure out how to climb that hill. But I, I just like this Eagles offense right now. I think. I think they can come in here and do some damage. I think also just the, the defense, Chicago defense, really is not going to have that much homework on Nick Foles. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to spend some time trying to figure out, you know, the keys to getting to him. But I think I think the Eagles have the upper hand in this one. They're not. They're the underdog, but I think they can do it. I'm totally with you, man. Um, should we move on to the next game? You ready? Yeah. What we got next? If it's our uh, – I'm going to jump – I'm going to stay with the NFC. I'm going to talk about the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Um so that's the that's the night game tonight in Dallas. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna come right out. I, I I'm picking the Seahawks. I have a lot of faith in Russell Wilson's ability to make a lot of things happen on offense. I know that Dallas is very good at home. I know that their defense has been playing very well. But 
I mean, I, I just, I'm sitting here saying it's, it's Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. Like, I could talk about all the other pieces of this Seahawks offense. I could talk about Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett coming on strong. I could talk about Chris Carson and the running game actually playing very well. I can talk about the fact that the offensive line has played better. You know, I can go into all of these reasons why I think the Seahawks are the better team right now. I mean, shit, I could keep talking about the defense with Bobby Wagner, but it all comes back to Russell Wilson. And the Cowboys, you know, they've got this this long history of losing in the playoffs, you know, in the last, you know, since they won their Super Bowls, I think they've had something like two or three playoff wins ever since. And Jason Garrett has not been very good in the playoffs, even with this exciting team. I mean, this was this is very similar to this 13 and three Cowboys team that, you know, lost two years ago at a divisional round home playoff game. So I feel like we're walking back into that. I know they're good at home. I know that they're going to be able to actually probably be able to run the ball in some regard, but I'm just, dude, I'm thinking all Seahawks. What, what are you seeing that might be different than what I'm seeing? Well, Tim, I hate the Cowboys. Yeah. I hate the Cowboys too. Not a big Cowboys fan, but I actually think they're going to win this one. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in this one just because for one of the reasons you said at home, They've looked, frankly, they've looked damn great. Near they've looked damn near unbeatable at home. They've got one loss at home. Um, we know Ezekiel Elliott's going to be the main focus point of this offense. We know he's going to get the football at least twenty-five to thirty times, touch-wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as that's pretty much obvious for every team going into Dallas for their game plan, it doesn't really seem to slow them down much. Uh, Elliott's always still able to get his numbers off. Now, the big question for the Cowboys is, Amari Cooper, is he going to actually show up right. and be the threat that we've seen him potentially able to be during a couple games this year? Um, is Prescott going to be able to get the football out to him? Uh, is the Seahawks secondary going to be able to you know, clamp down and force Elliott to be the main focus point? Uh, it's, there's a couple big questions in that regard. And like you said, Russell Wilson, I mean, the guy's putting together a Hall of Fame-esque career right now, numbers-wise. And just really just changing the way you look at the quarterback position for a guy of his size. I don't know if that's going to be enough going into Dallas. Chris Carson's quietly had a really, really good season numbers wise, but I don't know if there's enough um, of a run game presence to really stop this Cowboys defense. The Cowboys defense has been pretty underrated. They've been playing out of their minds over the last second half of the season. Fantastic. Just fantastic defense from this, um, I mean, they rush the football. They cause a lot of turnovers. I mean, they're just really, really good. So I don't know if Seattle has what it takes to go into Dallas and pull out a win. Wow. Wow. I'm, I want to yeah. see how this one shakes out because, listen, I hate the Cowboys too, and I think that they've been – but i got to give them credit. They've been playing great. They've been playing great. The defense has been magical. I mean, you can't take away what they did to the Saints. I mean, they beat the Saints 13-10. That wasn't an accident. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott, they've used him more over the course of the season. I don't know what the hell they were doing in the first half of the season, but I feel like someone had to kick him in the ass and say, why on earth don't you just get the ball to Ezekiel Elliott almost every play of the game? And all of a sudden they're scoring more points. But, dude, I'm just feeling all Seahawks. Like, I think the Seahawks are coming on strong at this time of the season. I think this is a bad matchup for Dallas. I think that if there's anybody who's going to be able to upset Dallas in Dallas, it'll be a team like Seattle. I I don't think... You know, I don't. I wouldn't feel confident about the Eagles or the Bears coming into Dallas and and doing this. But I mean, the Seahawks are the team where I'm like, that's a 
that's a dirty matchup, man. Those guys are tricky. I mean, this is a trap game. I think it's a trap game, and I'm giving it to the Seahawks. Okay. I mean, look, man. I honestly, the, the man, the the, the the matchups this weekend are really, really good. Really and good. It, and it's really hard to call because if you disagree with me on any of my picks, I'm gonna, you know what? I can give it to you on that one. But I mean, this one, this game in particular for me, is just one of those games where I, you can look at this. I could be totally wrong. Seattle goes in here and blows them out and get, you know, 35 to 15, and I'll raise an eyebrow and go, oh, well, I mean, that shit, that's possible. Oh, I can also look at it and see Dallas coming out winning this 30 to, you know, 21 and saying, man, I thought that game would be much closer. It's just really, I mean, you look at these two teams and just the, the, the arcs that they've had this season in terms of where, you know, where Dallas started off um, the season and just how much they picked up the momentum going towards the end of the season it's really it's, it's hard to call these games man but i really I, I just i'm going mainly on my gut feeling that dallas at home it's gonna you know put it down okay Dude, i love it when we disagree man i love it when we disagree i like to see how things shake out um next game you want to jump into the next game yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go to the chargers ravens this is a really interesting matchup to me yeah. because couple of weeks ago, I mean, this Chargers team has been playing fantastic football. They've got great pieces. Phillip Rivers is coming on strong, even at this late point in his career. Derwin James has been probably one of the best defensive rookies all season. Um, the offensive line has stayed healthy. I mean, they've dealt with some injuries, but this Chargers team is really good. And they finished 12-4. and four. It was the best record in the AFC. The only reason they're the fifth seed is because the Chiefs are in the same division with them. But this Ravens team, probably even a more interesting story than the Chargers, a team that looked very Baltimore Ravens of the last five years for the first half of the season until Joe Flacco got hurt. Now, Lamar Jackson comes in, and we're dealing with a completely different Ravens team. They're running the ball. as they Nobody has run the ball as much as they have since the 1970s. They're playing essentially a completely non-modern game right now. Lamar Jackson is running the ball all over the place, and they essentially have this very, you know, I don't want to say unique so much as this kind of old-school smash-mouth run game that they're playing, and they've really been getting underneath the skin of all of their opponents, and then you cap it off with the fact that they're still the Ravens with one of the best defenses in the league. Terrell Suggs, I mean, C.J. Mosley, these guys are still here causing problems. And so a Chargers team that was about as hot as you could be a couple of weeks ago loses a stinker at home to this Ravens team 22-10 where they were barely able to put points on the board. As exciting as the Chargers have been, they now have to go on the road. They have to go to Baltimore for a horrible matchup. I think any other team in the AFC... They might have a better shot, but this is a terrible matchup for them. I'm still picking the Chargers. I'm still putting a little bit more faith in Phillip Rivers, the experience. I kind of think the jinx and the bad juju from the Chargers is going to work against them. That's the thing that I'm, I'm, I don't like because I do think the Ravens have home field advantage, and I think that their offense is going to be tricky for the Chargers to work with. But I'm just still giving the edge to the Chargers. Give me some of your thoughts here, Shaka. I really want to hear what you're seeing with this game. Listen, this is a damn scary matchup. Yeah, because both of these teams could be like going to the Super Bowl if they weren't playing each yeah. other. This is, I mean, Lamar Jackson, granted, I watched a few of his college football games, and I thought, man, talk about a guy who's really going to have a rough time transitioning to the NFL. Not just because 
of his skill set where he he considers himself a, a legit passing quarterback. But coming into the league, they tried to turn this guy into a wide receiver at the draft. They asked him, could you play wide receiver? I mean, right away, writing him off in terms of legitimacy. Joe Flacco gets hurt, and all of a sudden, this kid comes in, and people had said on draft day that, you know, Baltimore was probably the best possible fit for him in the NFL in terms of where is this guy going to end up with a team that can just really utilize his skill set. And I don't think anybody expected the kind of production and just the how confounded defenses are trying to deal with him on this run pass option. I mean, it's so predictable, and he's still racking. And up he's still burning yards, defenses. Seven hundred yards on the ground rushing. I mean, and again and again, no one has an answer for Lamar Jackson. He can still throw the football. I mean, he doesn't really have, in terms of offensive weapons, he doesn't really have the kind of wide receivers that did really make him just you know just a dual headed monster. Mm-hmm. But it's enough right now that they've. They've really shooken up some teams here, especially this Chargers team, which I think they beat 22 to 10. That's correct. A couple weeks back. Just a and, couple and weeks ago. This was recent. And it's just a combination of one. Mind you, when you're running the football, you're just eating up the clock. So they grind you into the ground. Your defense is so tired by the time you know they get off the field that it just really eats up the clock. And number two, I really have to say, uh, Lamar Jackson, when he when he gets on the field, Field goal or not, they get something out of the offense. Yeah. He's been able to put points on the board. I mean, mysteriously. Now, against the Chargers, the big key to the game for them winning is that the defense just stuffed the run. And that's what they've done. The keys to the game, pretty much all their victories they've had this year, is the defense comes out and stops the run, keeps the offenses from progressing, and then Jackson just comes out here, slowly treads you down the field, puts up a field goal. Treads you down the field, puts up a touchdown. I mean, and they put points on the board. And by the time you get back on offense, there's not that much time left. And they just, it's like they stifle, you know, they yeah. just kind of just wear out of you. So I, I think teams are still having trouble dealing with this uh, this offense. And just the, the, the question mark that is Lamar Jackson. I'm actually going to go with the Ravens here. No, it's, I, it, dude, I, I feel like I'm going out on a limb picking the Chargers anyway. I love, dude, I, we, 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 we rave about Philip Rivers all the time. We love the guy. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm still trying to process who this Ravens team is, I, which is why I, I let off saying this is scary. I, I don't I don't really have a handle on them. And that, I mean, what are you, what's your key to the game here? Stop Lamar Jackson from running the football? Good luck. No one's figured that out yet. Yeah. This run option is just, I mean, you said they play smash mouth, this old school football, you know, and it's one of those things that's funny that this kind of football has not died in, even in the modern era because every now and then, I remember a few years back, not even a few years, this is guy, I'm old. Better than 10 years ago when Ronnie Brown was still playing for the Miami Dolphins and they were doing that Wildcat offense. Oh, yeah. And people thought it was so stupid, but for a couple games there, no defenses could really get a handle on it. And, you know, they ran that thing into the ground that season um, with Ricky Williams as well, but no one could figure it out for a while. It's just because these older, um, you know, types of uh, offensive sets are just, they still confound defenses. You know, even the most advanced, you know, the most experienced defensive coordinators all of a sudden have to take this personnel that they've been playing with, you know, on this this West Coast, you know, modern-day passing uh, NFL uh, defenses, and all of a sudden someone hits you with a throwback, and you're like, oh, uh, shit, I don't really know how to use my Wait a minute, I need to pull out my old defensive playbook from yeah. 30 years ago and figure out a defensive package yeah. to stop this power run. I've got this great this linebacker who's great in coverage, you know, he's got the QB spy down pat, but all of a sudden I've got to ask him to, to you know, 
stop this this RPO. No way. It's it, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of trickery trickeration thrown in here. So I'm gonna go with uh, the Ravens just because they're at home, and I think that the Chargers have not figured out just quite yet, and I don't think they will be able to figure out quite yet how to stop Lamar Jackson. I, uh, dude, you know, this is probably the, the biggest one where I, I can't disagree with you at all. I mean, I listened to my sports pundits yesterday and both of them begrudgingly picked the Ravens cause they were like, this is just a terrible <laughs> matchup for the chargers. Yeah, I mean, crazy. we saw the chargers. I mean, I believe I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was a home game in Carson, California that they lost to the Ravens. And now they're going to Baltimore. You're going to play in shittier weather. Yeah, this is. I mean, I'm still picking the Chargers just because I think there's a lot of talent there, and I think that they can make they can make they can move the ball enough that I think they'll be able to put more points on the board than the Ravens. But it's just this is going to be this is going to be a really exciting game to watch, and and I'm really curious to see how it shakes out. I'm just I'm willing to go down swinging and pick the Chargers, and I'm 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 so far I'm you know I'm picking nothing but road teams, so I feel like I can't be right with all of these picks, but. I just got to go with my gut, man, and I like those teams better than the than the home favorites. I'm going to say one thing. Um, really, this is one of those games where the only person who can beat Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's got 10 fumbles on the air. So, mm. I mean, you know. Like him putting the ball on the ground is how the Chargers are going to win this game. It's costly. And, you know, granted, he's an athletic guy. He's fast. Um, fumble's a fumble, man. You know, and it's something turnovers, turnovers matter in this league. Especially um, when, you know, just it just means points on the board for the other team, opportunities on the board for the other team. And I talked all this trash about, you know, uh, the Ravens eating up clock. When you turn the ball over, it's just handing minutes over to the other team. So if Lamar Jackson, they can force some fumbles. And, I mean, he, he's got the fumbleability. You can, you can make it happen. The Chargers have a chance. Wow. Okay. Do we need to go to the final game of the slate? This is the hard one for me, actually. Colts-Texans coming up in just a couple of hours from now. This is a very difficult matchup. Uh, I, I think it's. I think they're both very evenly matched. Um, both of them had kind of similar seasons. They both started off very cold. You know, the Texans starting 0-3, the Colts starting 1-5. Both teams getting very hot, finding their swagger, really putting together a hell of a season. This is now the third time they play this season. The first time was a back-and-forth overtime game where essentially – the Colts probably should have won, or at least it should have been a tie, but you know, they made a costly decision and the Texans were able to kick a game winning field goal at the end of overtime to win that game. Yeah. And then you have a game where the Colts beat the Texans 24, 21, just a few weeks ago to break their nine game winning streak. So this is clearly a back and forth matchup. That's very, very tight. AFC South divisional rivals. Um, exciting to have, two AFC South teams that are kind of fun to watch and are relevant again. I mean, I like that Andrew Luck and the Colts are relevant and in the playoffs again. I like that, you know, they actually, he actually has a coach in Frank Reich who knows how to utilize him and protect him with the offensive line. And I'm excited to see Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins go crazy for the Houston Texans. I mean, I feel like this is the first time the Houston Texans have legitimately had a fucking quarterback who could take them to the Super Bowl. I mean, I know they've been to the playoffs before with, like, Matt Shaw, but come on, it was Matt, throw a pick six Shaw. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for this matchup. I think it's going to be very interesting. I'm going to jump right out and say I'm picking the Colts. I'm staying with the road teams. I think that 
both quarterbacks are going to be able to work magic in this game, and both defensive lines, I think, are going to create havoc in this game. I think Andrew Luck has got more fourth-quarter magic in him than Deshaun Watson does right now, and I think the experience is there as well. I think that the offensive line is really going to protect Luck, and he's going to find some amazing plays at the end of this game to squeak out another you know, close game. I think it might be something similar to what it was a few weeks ago, like 24-21 or 27-24. And I just, there's going to be a lot of magic. There's going to be some exciting defensive plays. There's going to be some critical turnovers. But I think at the end of the day, the Texans are going to go, they're going to go home sad after a, game, uh, a loss at home. What are you thinking? Okay. Um, this one, like I said, this one's the hardest one for me to call because, uh, Andrew Luck is the comeback player of the year, hands down. It's not even, I don't even know wow. what to on this, this conversation list for me. I mean, did we talk about coming back from that labrum injury? And at some point, you know, it was a real possibility that his career was over, you know, as a quarterback. To come back and just rack up 4,600 yards, you know, in a season with a Colts team that really, when you talk about star power, Eric Ebron is the star. Yeah. And Eric Ebron's, you know, four years or five years in the league considered a bust yeah at then and just to be able to put up the numbers that he has on this offense and to be on a winning team going into playoffs i mean just it, who he had this, 13 touchdowns this season who saw this coming at the start of the season who thought that eric ebron was gonna be you know an offensive you know red zone threat firepower-esque tight end in this league who i think he did he lead all tight ends and touchdowns i believe he, he did a, Game more touchdowns and backwards and uh, Travis Kelsey. And Travis so Kelsey. I, I mean, who would have put money in that? I definitely sure as shit would not have put money in that. So that's number one on offense for the Colts. Number two, Darius Leonard. Darius motherfucking Leonard is so good. Rookie linebacker. I mean, got 163 tackles. I mean, you think about that. For a linebacker, 120 tackles in a season is rock solid great. 163 tackles as a rookie. Seven sacks. Are you kidding me? I mean... The Colts, we've talked about how bad this Colts defense is forever. When you got a guy like that just coming out of nowhere and anchor this thing down to the ground, I mean, this one of the unsung, I guess, you, I guess you could say unsung aspects of this Colts team is that defense is all of a sudden just solid. Yeah. And, I mean, they've got more and more ceiling to get better. Um, and I think what I'm doing right now, Sam, is, is pretty much pitching why I think the Colts are going to win this thing. I, I've, I've loved the Houston Texans, you know, pretty much for most of the season. It's been great to see Deshaun Watson back on the field healthy. Um, hey, you know. J.J. Watt, looking like J.J. Watt again. Two more, you know, talk about two more candidates there for a comeback player of the year, actually. Those are two valid candidates right there. Um, but I, I just like this Colts team. I, they've really come on strong. I think they finally figured their shit out. Um, I, 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 I'm dreading seeing them go deeper into the playoffs if they can come out of here with a victory. Right. But I in terms of a matchup, they could not have gotten a more favorable matchup than the Texans. Not to say that the Texans are, are soft and that they're beatable, but they match up really well with them. Yeah. So, I think those Sean Watson, DeAndre Hopkins are going to come out here and ball. Lamar Miller is always a kind of a, a coin toss in terms of what you're going to get from him production-wise. I don't mm-hmm. think they've ever figured out how to feature him in the offense. They've done a better job this year, but it's still kind of a head-scratcher. But I think that the Colts have the keys to come in here and steal a victory at home. They've got just enough of the composition to beat these guys. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. I think that there's – I think Darius Leonard is going to be a part of wrecking that, that Texans offensive line. You know, I think that the offensive line is – they've played better, but they're still one of the weak parts of this Texans offense, and I think that Deshaun Watson makes up for a lot of that. And, yeah. you know, this is – I almost feel like the Texans are getting a little cold at the wrong time. You know, they went on that nine-game winning streak, and then, you know, they didn't do poorly, but they kind of stumbled towards the end of the season. You know, they lost that game to the Eagles. They they sort of tripped up a little bit at the end, and the Colts, on the other hand, are hot at the right time. They started 1-5, and five, and now they're just on an absolute fucking tear, and they're blowing teams away. And I just kind of feel like... This is the wrong time for the Texans to be facing the Colts for a third time this season, even though they have home field advantage. I'm agreeing with you, man. I'm picking the Colts. I think that there's going to be some Andrew Luck fourth quarter magic, and it's going to be exciting, and we're going to be like waiting all the way to the last minute. But it's either going to end with, you know, a touchdown in the final two minutes or an interception or a pick six that's going to decide this game. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I like this Texans offense, but I think. I think at times it, it it's not really as super productive as people think. Uh, I mean, outside of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, they got other potential great guys, but they had a lot of injuries this year, especially the wide receiver position. Yeah, Will Fuller. Uh, Will Fuller is down. Um, Kiki Kuti, who a couple of games that I saw him play, he was amazing. I, I said, man, just a great slot guy. I mean, just really, just really a, a game changer. Opened up the field for them. He's, I mean, just injury prone as hell this season. So I, I think the the Texans aren't playing at full offensive power, um, potential-wise. So I, I think that going into this game definitely gives the Colts an edge in terms of just putting points on the board. And then defensive side, yes, J.J. Watt is phenomenal. I mean, but I still think Andrew Luck, such a smart, such a super-talented quarterback, and he's got, you know, you got T.Y. Hilton, like we said, he's got Ebron, he's got a couple... He's nice got guys. Dontrell Inman? Come on, man. Inman, I got Inman... Talk about another San Diego. Dude, a cast-off, who they're just making the most of. So, uh, they've really squeezed out, I mean, the most Hines and running, I mean, and Marlon Mack, they squeezed out about as much potential as they could get out of the personnel on their team. And, I mean, you really can't ask for more from a football coach. So, um, hats off to to Frank on this one. This is just an unsuspected, phenomenally good team. Yeah, especially for a team that I think was ready to have this season sort of be a write-off. You know, I don't think they were expecting a playoff berth, you know, or a possible coach of the year candidate this year. I think they were just ready to see if they could bounce back and get something out of Andrew Luck. And now they're clearly, I mean, if they keep doing what they're doing, they should continue to be a contender in the AFC for a couple more years. You know what I mean? Yeah, like this, I said, this is the hardest game to call, but I'm, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to the slate of games this weekend. Yeah, really one of the best wildcard weekends in the last handful of years I can remember. Um, I think that's it. Shaka, should we get the hell out of here? I think so. All right. It's good talking to you, man. Dude, it was great talking to you. We needed to catch up after the last couple of weeks. The holidays hit us, but that's okay. We're now in 2019. we got to focus on the playoffs for this year and focus on crushing 2019, you know, because we're at the start. January seems to always fly by with just a whole bunch of football playoffs. Yeah, this is uh, I'm 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 looking forward to it, man. I'm just uh, it's been a while since I looked at just this the wildcard weekend game and said, man, like this is. I think we're just gonna have to watch everything. I can't really, I can't really. I'm just gonna have to watch how these all shake out to get a good, you know, good assessment we, of these teams. Going forward. We don't have a Buffalo Jacksonville game like we did last year. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a breather. You can go to brunch on that one. Oh my god. Well, 
Everyone, thank you very much for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. And, of course, you can always email Shaka and I at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be enjoying this weekend's wild card playoff games. We'll be back this coming Tuesday, hopefully, to uh, discuss the preview for the divisional games next weekend. Um, let's see if our winners shake out, and let's see who ended up being right and who ended up being wrong. But enjoy these games. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games, guys.